When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Is seven. And with teasers, you want to get through those key numbers. And all moves are not created equal when you're going through a key number or to a key number. How impactful that is. But Eddie Gross is here to tell us, you know what? There are situations when three and seven aren't as key as you think. Ed, please explain. It especially is true when it comes to this season. Now, over the last five years from 2018 through 2022, 23.2% of games had a margin of victory of either three or seven exactly. But this season, the number is 19.4%, meaning 4% of fewer games are decided by exactly three or seven. Not a massive drop-off, and the season isn't over, and it's certainly possible that it could bounce back to something around what we've seen over the last five years. But still, though, you look at that 4% difference, and you go, all right, what's going on here? Is there a lesson to be learned? And as, as it turns out, there is a lesson to be learned. And one of those lessons involves two-point conversions. You think of all the different things that could happen in a football game that could keep us from getting from three to seven or with finals of three and seven points, respectively. This is something where teams are attempting two-point conversions 9.6% of the time after their touchdowns. Not the highest mark over the last few seasons, but pinpointing which teams go for two more often will be impactful as far as determining when we should discount key numbers. So let's look at our data since 2018. The teams that have gone for two at the highest rate after their touchdowns are the Jaguars, Commanders, Eagles, Giants, and Falcons. Now, it's important to note, they haven't had the same head coach this whole time, but organizationally, the philosophy of earning those extra points, that philosophy matters a great deal. And look, front offices do pick head coaches who may want to be a little bit more aggressive when it comes to two-point conversion attempts. And if that's the case, then the head coach is a reflection of the front office. And so maybe a different person on the sideline, but still, though, the team believes in going for two more often. And so it's important to keep that in mind no matter who is ultimately calling the shots. Now, another way to look at this is to say, all right, great, going for two is important, fine. But some teams have to go for two more often because they're trailing or it's the end of regulation, they want to go for the win, whatever the case may be. One of the things I did was I filtered out those situations uh, under two minutes to go in regulation 
which teams are still going for two the most often. And when you do that, you are still getting the same teams. So five teams, when they are involved, maybe you should discount those key numbers of three and seven a little bit more often. Again, those teams, Jaguars, Commanders, Eagles, Giants, and Falcons. By the way, if you want to look at the bottom of that list, teams that don't go for two very often, you've got the Rams, the Titans, the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Seahawks. I will make sure to put this on my Twitter handle, at Sports, just to make sure you can read all of this and be reminded of it. But Rams, Titans, Raiders, Chiefs, and Seahawks, these are the teams where the key numbers are preferential because they don't go for two as often, and you aren't getting these mm-hmm. weird scores at the end of their ball games. But remember these teams and keep that in mind whenever lines are moving through key numbers or you're working on teasers. If you asked me to guess the uh, five teams that go for two the most, you gave me five chances. Maybe I get one of those five. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe I guess Philly. Probably the Eagles, I assume, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Eagles would be the one. And the ones that don't go for two, I find just as interesting. Mm -hmm. Chargers, I probably would have thought that they go for two much more often. Uh, Vrabel. Mm -hmm viewed as a very smart head coach, one of the best in the game, doesn't go for too much. McDaniel's one of the worst. He he doesn't go for too much. So that's interesting to me. Uh, yeah. a- Andy Reid, genius, does not go for – you Pat Mahomes, you don't go for two? Wait, why? why? Maybe because they're up <laughs> so much, or they have been, so they game don't script. need to. Mm-hmm. Rams, too, with McVay. That surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that oh, no, you said Rams. I, I wrote down Chargers. Yes, right. The ones well, the Chargers are kind of on the cusp of going for two more often. You would think Brandon okay. Staley, as aggressive as he is on fourth down, might also be going for two a good bit. He is higher on the list, but he's not in that top five. Gotcha. Carroll does not surprise me. Defensive-minded guy, yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense, but the, the ones that pop kind of are. Uh, can I uh, quick follow-up? We, we sometimes yeah. reference secondary key numbers. I feel like we're at a point where almost every number is a secondary key number or it's mentioned at some <laughs> point. So there's three and there's seven. It feels like two is entering that category of secondary key numbers. Four makes sense. Mm-hmm. Six makes sense. Just look at, look at the line moves. Like four and six are, yeah, secondary key numbers. Eight a little bit too. Um, is there a... I don't know, most important secondary key number to you, or are they all bunched up the same? They can be bunched up. Uh, This is more, I guess, philosophically my idea, but I think six is also an important number just because now we're in these overtime rules where you can swip, you know, swap field goals. Ultimately, a touchdown is what's going to win the game, but once you get beyond six, if you do get into overtime, then anything beyond six isn't going to work out for you. So I think anything with that, within that range of zero to six, I would consider a bit of a key number. But you also think about the situations where you might go for two, and that also matters a great deal. One thing that a lot of us nerds talk about is if you are down 14, (laughs) score a touchdown, and then you're down eight, well, it's better to go for two there because if you do and you convert, you're down six and another touchdown means you take the lead. The Packers won the game over the Saints by doing that, by the way. But even if you don't convert on your two-point attempt and you're still down eight, well, you do it again 
the odds are in your favor that you can still tie the game instead of getting two sevens to tie the game down 14. This, this league is funny. I don't know if mm-hmm. what we've seen over the first six weeks is here to say, stay. And we always talk about it in sports, how things are cyclical. It's going to go the other way. And you go back a couple of years, offense, offense, offense. If you have an opening, you go for the offensive-minded guy. And I'm not saying I'm flipping on that at all. But I am saying, based on what we've seen so far, it does feel like these coaches are pushing up against what's been out there over the last few years or what we've learned about how aggressive to be seems like we're going backwards now and mm-hmm. i don't know if it's good or bad and, and they're looking at it okay lower scoring you can win with good defense now more than we've talked about in the last few years so i, I it's fascinating to think how the rest of this season's going to play out it's also interesting because i know this data goes back to 2018 but just looking at the teams that go for two they're all pretty much bad, bad teams except for philly <laughs> yeah. Bad, exactly. Giants, like, oh, Falcons, Commandos, sure Jaguars for most of that. Doing. Exactly. Yeah. But, but you know what? If you are a bad team, maybe you're trying to find an edge some way, somehow. True. You know, get yeah. that extra point I'm here trying. and there, and then force the opposition to to get a little creative. So I think there's something Especially, to be said. Maybe if you're looking for win, going over a win total, like. The commanders, for example, like they, they can be in games and will need to go for two to try to get any kind of edge they can. Right. I, the the two-point attempt in general is something where either you're a bad team and you're kind of forcing your way in. Like, let's say you're down 24 and you're scoring a touchdown and you're trying to minimize the number of possessions. That's certainly a part of the equation, right? And I'm not sure that was always part of the equation because then you'd have some old school folks going, well, you still have a bunch of time left and maybe you don't need to worry about possessions and things like that. At least we're smarter as football fans in that respect where minimizing possessions is perhaps the most important thing. And I think also too, like this was something Eric Eager argued uh, on Sumer Sports not that long ago, where if you're down seven, maybe you should go for two to be down five because trailing by six is kind of this weird situation where six to five maybe doesn't matter as much as perhaps we might think because extra points are almost always automatic. So being down six, what's the big deal? But if you can steal that extra point and you are going back and forth a good bit, maybe that five is something where you can erase that a little bit more easily than, say, a six. A coach would get killed if it doesn't work. They get destroyed, right? I know. And That's why you need an Andy Reid owner- job security situation. Right. Owners listen to stupid stuff like that. Owner owners listen to what people are yelling about or their season ticket holders are upset about that. Oh, how can you dare do this? But, you know, they don't get enough credit. If it works, getting it down to five is so key. Yeah, I know. Because mm-hmm. we expect to score again. We expect to be in an, a position where we can win this game. But, yeah, it's uh, it, it, so Jacksonville, Washington, Philly, Giants, Falcons, larger sample size. The three and the seven don't mean as much, right? Exactly. The three and the seven yeah. with those teams, that's something where you can discount those key numbers, whether it's line movements or long teasers, things like that. Keep in mind that sometimes you're going to get some really unusual scores, maybe some scorigami as well, which should all be celebrated with confetti and balloons. But other than that, 
you know, these numbers still matter for the most part. But again, we're seeing fewer games decided by those exact margins because these scores are getting wonky, funky, things like that. And with uh, lower scoring games, yeah, you might have more field goals. By the way, we're getting a really high rate of field goals made, aren't we? Like, I wonder if that's also part of this equation. Like, and, and it's something we haven't talked about where, okay, yeah, you know, red zone touchdowns, we're not seeing as many of them. But I wonder if coaches are going, well, my kicker has all of a sudden become automatic. I know we'll get the points here. So why don't I go ahead and just take them? Where, you know, I've always complained about broadcasters (laughs) saying take the points. Well, the points aren't always given. Like sometimes you miss them and you lose field position. So that's dumb. But now it does feel like you're closer to actually taking the points, quote unquote. I do think. Yeah, and I yeah. think like the ownership point and also what you're talking about with the field goals, we saw kind of those converge in the Bears-Commanders game on Thursday Night Football. Fourth and one, Bears' first drive or definitely an early drive. They're in the red zone, and Eberflus decides to kick the field goal, and he was getting destroyed, like destroyed on Twitter. But you think about the, everything around that, they had they were moving the ball at will, which could be a case to go for it. But they've got the momentum. They're in a terrible spot, you know, from an organizational and season start standpoint. If Eberflus goes for it there and they get stopped, momentum and air comes totally out of the balloon in a gotta-have-it game early where they're moving the ball on the road. Like, there's just some things that, like, and I disagreed. I thought I did not have a problem with him kicking the three there. You miss a field goal, you miss a field goal. But if you go for it on fourth and one and you get stopped, like the entire, the air would have come completely out of that sideline because the week before they had done that in a key spot and they had gotten stopped. So there's just like all these different things. And they have fields in the shotgun. But like also Mm -hmm. the play call matters. Sure. It absolutely does. But you know what? To the ownership point, if Iberflus kicks the field goal there and they miss it, that phone isn't ringing on his in his office on Monday morning. If he goes for it on fourth down and George McCaskey has to hear about that from all his other owner buddy friends, be like, "Oh, what the hell is that? These crazy coaches these days." He's getting a phone call, and like he's probably—I mean, his job's in dire straits anyway. But at the time, right. like he's coaching for his job, and what like path, like least risk reverse reward, right for him personally and the mm-hmm. team at that point. Kick the field goal. All of that goes into these decisions. Yep. And and speaking sure. of the number of field goals, it, it was not posted this earlier this morning, but I see it up there now. Both kickers tonight, one and a half field goals made. Isn't this a overplay? At least one of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I love that. Yeah. What are the numbers? like? Longest field goal? Uh, McManus is uh, over one and a half is minus 120. And was it Group A? Was it? He's plus money on the over. See, especially okay, that, if Lawrence is out, okay. like they're going to yeah. settle for three, even if Doug's right. history is Love to like be aggressive. Angle. Even if he's in, yeah. right? Yeah, he's banged he's up. True. Yeah, that's a good. Look. But when we're talking about Thursday night, though, Jaguars two and a half point dogs. If this goes through three, I don't know if that should suddenly be a. a you know, a change of heart, so to speak. And I guess that's part of my thesis here is it's at two and a half right now. The market doesn't want to budge, but if it does, maybe we shouldn't overreact to that news. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Capiche? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Good. <laughs> 
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, all of our bets for Major League Baseball's postseason happening tonight. That's right here on the BetQL Network.